We never thought this was going to happen, <laughs> but this is the episode, the the whole episode of You Killed It, where we're going to say nice things about Nelson Thomas. I even looked up his last name. That's the level of preparation. Nelly T. On you, Nelly T. I'm John. And Chicago. I am Sheldon Alexander. And right off the bat, I'm going to say that I take back everything bad that I've ever said about Nelson. I take it all back. And I'm okay. I'm not no, going to go that I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I take it all back because this was incredible. This was one of the all-time moments of the challenge, which we'll get to, we'll deep dive into for sure, but one of the all-time performances in the history of the challenge. See, I'm so hype. I'm like knocking headphones out off my ear and stuff. But Nelson, yeah, that was just incredible. Incredible. Before we get into that, there's a pressing you killed it issue that we must discuss. Okay. Sheldon, you shaved your beard. <laughs> I did. I did. There's a lot going on right now. And uh, <laughs> as everyone's been in quarantine for the past three plus months, four months, how long has it been? I don't know. The time is just a construct, track. right? Time is just fake right now. <laughs> um, but uh, we've been in quarantine for however long, and I hadn't gotten a haircut, hadn't shaved the whole time. And at the very beginning of this, I said, I'm not going to shave until I'm going back to work. So uh, I'm going back to work soon. But also, we're in the middle of a serious heat wave in Toronto. And yeah, that combination of the heat wave in Toronto with also wearing the mask with a massive beard the past few days, I was like, I knew I was getting a haircut. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm also going to shave my beard because the beard with the mask, woof, it's a heat. That's that's a heat wave right there. That's a heat wave on top of a I heat wave. You. And to me, I was like going back to work wearing the mask consistently. It's going to be annoying. Like, I know this sounds like really dumb, but having hair like in your mouth and you're constantly having to like restructure is just super annoying. But I will emphasize that my response was not to complain about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. I just said, you know what? I'll shave because your hair will grow back. <laughs> so wear a mask, people. That's all I'm saying. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, guys. Also, we should say, for those of you that do not keep up with Canadian news, earlier this week it became mandatory to wear a mask in the city of Toronto if you are in a public indoor space, including public transit. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I'd be, I've been wearing my mask anyway. I know Sheldon mm -hmm. has as well, but it is the law yeah. Um I just, I just had to point it out because it's been a while since I've seen your full handsome I, face <laughs> as opposed to your ruggedly handsome face. Well, we were talking about it earlier. I was trying to remember the last time I was fully shaven. And I had a picture from Batista's bat flip game, which was 2016, yeah. So I was at that game and I have a picture of me and my boy, Joe, shout out to Joe, um, at the game. What up, Joe? <laughs> at the game. And that's the last picture I've seen where I would have been clean shaven. So I don't know if there might have been once or twice in between. But for the most part, the beard just would have been shaven down. But I also knew mm -hmm. that it's been a long time. And you're supposed to clean shave at some point to, like, you know, take care of the skin and, like, you know, do all that fun stuff. So using yeah. all those opportunities all wrapped into one. Here we are. 
here we are. This is Beard Talk with John and <laughs> I want to know if there's going to be people who normally listen to the podcast and might watch here and there, but we'll just try to go to YouTube to see it just to be like, wait a second, who is this motherfucker that's hosting this right now? Because that doesn't look like the same dude at all. What's really funny is because we've been doing like proper YouTube videos throughout this season, you can like see our hair grow week by week. It's like, true. Because the first episode that we recorded for this, the preview was the very start of the pandemic. Yeah. So like you and I both have like oh, yeah. fresh oh, haircuts, yeah. like our beards are well trimmed and then like we slowly get worse and worse. And then I shaved off my beard. I've since grown yeah. it back. But there's like you there's one point where my hair is the longest that it had been since like grade eight. <laughs> And then, like, the next week, it's, like, I got a haircut. So, like, it's much shorter, but, like, it's really funny watching yeah. the progress because we're not going in for, like, the monthly barber mm-hmm. stops because we went, like, four months. So, it's all entertaining. It's amusing it's, to me. Hey, and that's all it's that amusing to us. And I'll say this, John. The progression of our facial hair during the pandemic has nothing on the progression that Nelson has made during his time on the challenge. That's a pro level segue. I'm so impressed. Hey man, I'm I'm here. I'm here. We're 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 chilling. It's it's Thursday. I'm fired up. I just watched the episode, and the episode had me all in my me feelings. Too. So I'm hype. <laughs> I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready. So we get back to mm-hmm. the bunker um, after Kyle defeated Josh. Good riddance. <laughs> yes, um, and. It was really funny where they're all talking about like, well, now we all have red skulls. And Kyle's like, but red skulls are still cool, right, guys? <laughs> like, no one in the club, right, yeah. guys? <laughs> uh, which made me laugh. And Johnny and Kyle have their talking game. And they are saying, like, we are each other's number ones. Which, like, hadn't occurred to me that, like, at this point, they would be, like, the core of their alliance. Because, no offense to Kyle... He's never been Johnny's number one, and Kyle's not good enough a player to be like of significance. I think to Kyle else. always wanted to be Johnny's number one, but it just never played out that way. Do you know what I mean? I think that's kind of been yep. the thing. Um, but it, yeah, you're totally right. It was kind of funny that like Kyle's at the bottom because obviously he it took him forever to get a skull. He never really won any challenges the whole season, and then now all of a sudden it's like, yep. Me and Bananas, me and the big dog, we're good. And it's like, bro. <laughs> Here we go. Finally, finally, but like, finally on the winning yes. team, right? For sure. <laughs> like, I think we've all had that moment where we're like, yes, finally, I'm with the cool kids. I'm so here. you mentioned Kyle and Bananas, but there's also two other people that appear to be in their alliance as well, right? Jenny yes. and Important Jenny points. and Melissa. And that kind of, you yes. know, established that was a crew, which I didn't, I can't really say I knew was a full on foursome crew before this moment when they explained it, right? Like we kind of knew there were some yeah. ties, like we knew that Kyle and Melissa, obviously Melissa was riding for Kyle the whole season. We knew that, but mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really know about the bananas and Jenny side of it. So that whole foursome becomes super important later on. Uh, Another crew, undoubtedly, Nelson and Corey. And we know already, everyone that watches the show, you know what you're getting in the first couple scenes of each episode, right? You're getting, they're teeing you up. And 
Yeah. Full disclosure, I, as mentioned, we record this Thursday mornings. I watch the episode Thursday morning. Wednesday night, after the episode aired, the mentions were Fuego. So yes. <laughs> I knew too. it was a good episode, <laughs> right? But I didn't know why or I didn't know what happened in the episode. So there was one message I saw that said, oh, no. I can't even say one message. There are a bunch of messages that was like saying something nice about Nelson's going to be pretty easy this week. So <laughs> I kind of had like that in the back of my mind. And so when I was watching this scene of Corey and Nelson talking about, you know, them envisioning winning the challenge, right? Nelson talking about him working out and he's thinking he's telling himself like no don't stop keep going keep going Corey talking about hearing tj say you're the winner of the challenge and how much that would mean to him i'm kind of like okay i think i might see where this is going and you know what you know what though even with that said it still hit me we'll get to that but in that moment and you're hearing Corey, were you because we've talked about this a couple times with other people, right? Was there a moment where you ever kind of got tired of hearing Corey talk about, oh, I'm doing this for my family, or are you kind of cool with it? Because I know that's happened before with others on seasons of the challenge where it's like, okay, we get it. You're doing this for your family. But is it just me? Because this one kind of feels a little different, and I I haven't really gotten tired of it. I was kind of like, I'm rooting for Corey. I think it... That's a good question. I think, I mean, you're right. It's totally gotten old on previous seasons when other people have said, like, I'm doing it for my family. I think we even, there was someone that we bagged on pretty hard for saying that all the time. I forget mm-hmm. who it was, but there was someone that we were like, oh, my God, yeah, we get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, first of all, we have more emotional investment in Corey because he's been on the show for so long. Yeah. And when he was introduced to us on real world explosions i want to say it was it was explosions. uh yeah 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 when the exes come yeah. in and he was hooking up with the yeah. girl named jenny i'm pretty sure it was a girl named jenny and then she like immediately flipped to her on again off again ex yeah when the ex yeah, came yeah, in the yeah. House. but we've seen Corey come so far hold on so sorry Corey. Him, if, if, if we're being honest and this might make it full circle i'm pretty sure when Corey's ex came on that real world season there's a pregnancy scare as well right there was yes. you're right yeah. so <laughs> we've seen like speaking of full circle right yeah you're right you're totally right we are emotionally invested in seeing the full ride of Corey. but it's not just that but the way the the circumstances in which we see him talking about his mm-hmm. family he's it comes across to me like he's not doing it for the clout you know like he it's more often than not we see him talk about in conversation with Mm -hmm. nelson who is legitimately his best friend we see it in confessionals where he's clearly been prompted like he's not bringing Mm -hmm. it up and he's like the only time he brought it up was when he was asking for people to vote him in over kyle but otherwise like he it comes across as more sincere more authentic because of the circumstances in which we see it. Like when we saw him call home to uh, Cheyenne and like dealing with Ryder, like that's a Mm -hmm. real moment. Like that's not him like 
playing the the kid card that's him being a connected father so i think that i think the circumstances in which we hear him talking about his family I also, yeah and i think there's like a like seeing the level of maturity right because you come into the house and we've seen people come into the house with relationships we've seen people come into the house mm-hmm. and form relationships and you talked about mm-hmm. the highs and lows that we've seen with Corey. And, you know, getting remember they were handing out awards for like the hookup king or whatever. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember what it was actually called, but it was basically they gave him an award for hooking up the most in the house. Like, so just seeing all of those things and then now seeing someone who, you know, we saw him and Cheyenne have a relationship. Well, because remember, they didn't get together on the show. He was kind of chasing her the whole time on the show. Right. Yeah. And then after, you know, they hooked up after they have a kid, but they seem to be working it out and, you know, being able to co-parent. And then now you're also seeing him in a committed relationship where his uh, new girl is pregnant and you're seeing him deal with all these things, but come in singularly focused on winning for his family and trying to win for his kids. And that's admirable. However you want to shape that, however you want to go at it. And maybe with the people before when we were talking about, oh, this is so annoying hearing you talk about winning for your family, we have a more vested interest because we know Cheyenne and we've seen, you know, we've seen Corey in all different facets so far. We've almost watched him grow up and almost the same way that we talked about, you know, watching bananas differently, you know, even though it's a much shorter time span, we've seen a lot of Corey and to see him just completely mm-hmm. chill out and be i mean i don't even really think we see Corey even flirting with any girls like even just like and i don't even mean flirting as if like you're trying to do something I just mean like joking around even like i don't even think we see any of that do we so it's just such a completely nope, nope. different dude and it's cool to see it's cool to see yeah also i'm glad you mentioned cheyenne who i doubt she'll ever come back on the challenge but we also have emotional investment mm-hmm. in her and when she came on, uh, you remember like Johnny and the rest of them were really bullying her, and it was because she, she came on uh, one of the Battle of the Exes and was paired with yes. Devin, and and like Devin ended up defending yeah. her. Like Cheyenne was really mm-hmm. likable, right? Like so, like we have investment in Cheyenne, in Ryder, yeah, in Corey. His girlfriend Taylor, like the whole the whole family dynamic, and like I don't know how much you watch OG Team Mom, not. but it's it's the same. Like we've seen into mm-hmm. their lives, and we like all of them, so we wish yes. them well. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, that's I think I think that's and the even difference. the flip side of you know if we bring the Nelsons portion into this. Uh, even just within this season, right? Like we started a segment called say something nice about Nelson because it was so hard to say nice things about Nelson. And then you see how this uh, season has progressed and how much of a factor he's played for Corey's life in the house because he's definitely been someone that Corey can rely on, Corey can lean on, Corey can confide in and talk to, and how important that's been for Corey, right? Because it's yeah. tough to stay focused, right? And Nelson's been there to kind of be that sounding board and keep Corey focused and just listen and be a good friend. 
So mm-hmm. to even see that development yeah. of Nelson within a season, it's kind of like it's been it's been interesting to see, to say the least. It's been nice to see. Uh so our first, the daily competition is called Crash Course. Yes. And it's pretty straightforward. They stand on stacks mm-hmm. of barrels, about three barrels high, and then one of the competitors has to drive a car at these stacks of mm-hmm. barrels, pull the e-brake, try to drift, spin out, and take down as many barrels as possible. And as a tiebreaker... Whoever sends barrels the furthest between men or women, well, that's the tiebreaker if they knock down the same number of barrels. It's also double elimination. So a man and a woman are on the line. And I have to ask Mm -hmm. you, how's your driving, Sheldon? How would you do with this? I would, I don't think I'd do well. Like, I'd be, I don't don't think think I'd I'd do well well. either. Um, The thing is, right, I think it's easier said than done and i think you have people who had a certain strategy and i'm i'm i was super interested to know the order right because we we always assume that we're seeing it in chronological order in the order that it actually happened but that's not necessarily the case right sometimes they're going to just show us to show us in an order that makes the most sense for the edit and the storyline but watching it you could see the first couple people were so focused on trying to get close and then spin out so that you almost Mm -hmm. like come in at an angle and hit the most barrels as possible. Whereas until bananas went, I feel like bananas more so made sure he went straight on and then spun while he was in the middle. So timing is everything for sure. But I think people were trying like, People are still trying to come in at an angle, thinking that if I come in and I'm more horizontal with the car going through, I'm going to knock down more barrels. Kind of like bowling, right? Whereas mm-hmm. I think Bananas realized, no, no, no. Once I get into the middle and then if I spin, I'll create more chaos, have more barrels, knock things down, and such. I don't think I would have done that. I think Bananas well. also realized that if you knock barrels into other barrels they can go down that you don't need direct car on barrel Mm -hmm. contact and i think that was part of his success i know straight up i would not do well at this because i don't know how to drive manual and i assume (laughs) given that they were in europe and the nature of this competition that you'd have to drive stick yeah so like i like Uh. i would struggle to even get the car in gear oh that's a good point and like they they had like a stunt driver. I'm sure you noticed that there's two people so, in the car. So they clearly had someone coach them. But like, I still wouldn't. So, like, I I wouldn't have the basics. There. Yeah. So I can't drive stick either. But it made me wonder while I was watching, was the car rigged kind of like the driving test? Do you know what I mean? So oh, was the yeah, stunt yeah. driver the one maybe doing it, and your job was just kind of to pull the brake and steer? I don't know. Could be. I have no idea. But you oh, bring up no, you. Br- I was gonna say you bring up an excellent point because I was just kind of like that's that's a good call because I don't know how it actually went down. But going first, as Rogan mentioned, wasn't really a good look at all, right? Because no. you're the test dummy to see how it works to get used to the car to kind of you know feel the car, and maybe if you're not the first person to go, you can ask. 
the other people, right? And also, the people that were on the barrels for the first few goes, they get to see where it's the most mm-hmm. slippery. True. Right? Like, they get to see where there's the most mm-hmm. water. They get to, like, they get a feel for, like, what the actual grounds look like. Whereas Rogan was just sort of, like, he never had that bird's eye view going Yeah, through. and you know what else is kind of interesting here that we should touch on? Before Rogan goes... First off, when he popped up, I was like, oh, yeah, Rogan. I forgot he was even on the show, which we kept alluding to. We think there's a huge D and Rogan something going on, which is why he hasn't been on the episode. Right. Um, So when he popped up, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Rogan. But then he said something that was super interesting because I think it further backs up our thoughts from last week's pod. Rogan says Mm -hmm. in his confessional, he says he's first and the house is clicked up. And he kind of feels like he's on the outside, kind of like a lone wolf. I thought that was pretty interesting because he kind of was one of the people, and obviously D, that we weren't seeing that much. But we know that most people don't like D. So it kind of would make sense as to why we haven't seen him, but also why he's on the outs with the rest of the house. Because if we know that Bananas and his crew, outside of Melissa don't really fuck with D. You know that Nelson, Corey, Fessy, they don't really fuck with D. And then you hear later on, Casey says she doesn't even trust D. So who's left? Bailey? Yeah. Who we know he, also, yes. No, I like. Good call, right? After their whole fight, which I almost forgot was edited out of an episode, right? So we know Bailey doesn't yeah. fuck with D. So who's left? Rogan. Right? So... Yeah. And he doesn't like her either. Like, he's been trying to get rid of her. I'm glad you brought up the Casey thing, because I noted mm-hmm. that too. So what we're referring to is we can say uh, Casey and Johnny mm-hmm. win. Johnny brings Kyle into the tribunal. And during the discussions of the mm-hmm. tribunal, Casey, like, Johnny and Kyle bring up, like, let's put D on the spot. And Casey is like, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't trust her at all. And they, like, very sarcastically are like, you don't trust D? (laughs) And it really speaks to there was evidently some sort of fight between Casey and D. Yes, something was up for sure. Something was up because, like, it was clear in that conversation that there had been some sort of dynamic that Kyle and Johnny are alluding to. Mm -hmm. But we never saw it. And, like, we, I can't recall seeing D and Casey interact no. ever, really, on this season. And Casey hasn't been on any other seasons. So Something clearly and happened. And, like, we're not advocating for, like, show us the missing D tapes. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine. I'm totally fine. I'm just saying, and you're saying, I think, that there's stuff we're missing about the dynamics in the house. Correct. There are D takes that we are clear D takes their D takes that we are missing for sure. But I get it and I understand it. And you know what? Let's be honest. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Johnny bananas has been using the hashtag deleted. (laughs) I did not know that. Which I'm a little mad that we hadn't thought that, but like shouts to Johnny for the clever wordplay. Um, So yeah, as I said, Casey and Johnny win. So hold Johnny... on, hold on, hold on. There's something we can't really skip over here. Because oh, so okay. they win, right? But 
mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyle and Nelson both like miss completely. And as mentioned earlier, we don't think that we would have done that well in this challenge. So I'm not knocking them. I'm not crushing them for not doing well in this. It was hilarious. And as they've done throughout the majority of the season, Nelson and Corey are pretty good. Nelson and, uh, well, Corey as well, but Nelson and Kyle have been pretty good at making fun of themselves, right? And being kind of the butt of the joke. And, you know, just always making fun of themselves in the sense that, you know, hey, we suck, we messed up, but whatever, 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 right? When it gets to Casey and Johnny having to decide who wins, this was super interesting to me because Casey wants to bring in Fessy to protect Fessy and Johnny wants to bring in Kyle. And Johnny's reason is if Kyle doesn't get into the tribunal, he's going to get voted in. And I don't want that to happen. And Casey just goes along with Johnny. Would you have trusted Johnny Bananas in this situation to not throw in Fessy? No. Like, what Johnny was saying made a lot of sense. He's right. Kyle probably would have been voted in. He was right that Fessy has the votes to protect himself. But here's the thing. Johnny's always going to look out for number one, which is Johnny. (laughs) Yes. Totally. And Fessy is definitely the the favorite heading into the final. Yeah. And Johnny knows this. And Fessy knows this Mm -hmm. as well. Like, Fessy straight up says, like, I'm going in like Johnny is smart enough to know that I'm his top competition. So, I mean, really, it was really uh, Casey taking a chance on trusting Johnny. (laughs) And I like how Kyle later on says, like, Johnny's known for breaking his word. And if Johnny wants to break his word, I'm going to break my word, too. (laughs) Like, I'm going to go along with what Johnny's the shot caller here. So be it. <laughs> like chips follows. I was bag. stunned. I was honestly stunned because I was like, why would you, I would not trust bananas. And it even made me no. think about this. Has bananas lost it a little like old Johnny bananas for sure. Backstabs Fessy and says, Hey man, it's your first season. Go in. The only thing I could think about is maybe an older, wiser bananas realizes that if I throw Fessy in, there's a really good chance that he's coming back. And is it worth creating Mm -hmm. the enemy out of Fessy going forward instead of maybe using this as an olive branch to potentially work with him more going forward? Like, who knows? But I just found it really weird because if you were to tell me that Bananas would have an opportunity to throw in the person who he hasn't really been working with, the whole season. No. Who is probably the strong no, who is the strongest person in the house, right? The person who's probably standing in between bananas and the finals the most, and is a rookie. You would have thought a hundred times out of a hundred bananas is throwing that guy in. And he didn't do it, and I gotta be honest, I was stunned. And I think it might be a mistake. I think so too. Especially because he knows when it comes to mm-hmm. voting, he has Kyle. And that Kyle would vote with him when it came down to it. 
or also wait a second or would maybe he did it because they don't have the oh no but he could have just thrown fessy oh yeah exactly he could have thrown fessy in against but it depends on who the house would have voted so it would have been fessy against rogan and you know which either way is a win for john but here's the thing right he says he wants rogan to go home which he does obviously but would he be making an enemy out of Fessy coming back in as opposed to Nelson or Corey where they already don't like they're cool at bananas, but they're not, they already know they're not on the same side. But Fessy's basically a young, for sure. For sure. It's just a weird, like I was stunned. I was honestly stunned by this play by bananas. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a perfect setup. He's throwing them in, which leads me to believe. Do you wonder because they know this has to be the last purgatory, the last elimination. Yeah. Do you think that Bananas was wise enough to know that, well, they haven't done the headbanger yet, Hall Brawl, they hadn't done it yet. And so chances are this was going to be the last one left. And so Fessy would, if you're a betting person, Fessy was going to beat anybody in that. So it probably wouldn't even be worth it to put him in to the final elimination because he's coming back for sure and he's going to be cheesed at you could be also i wonder i mean you might have insight to this i wonder how much of the equipment Mm -hmm. for these setups is stored on site at either the bunker or the purgatory Mm -hmm. Like, we have no way of knowing where the purgatory arena was versus yeah, the bunker. Yeah. Like, is it just, like, on the other side of the property or what? But, like, I wonder if at some point they knew that Hall Brawl was coming because they had seen the plexiglass. Yeah. Not laid up there, but just, like, behind the scenes. I, like, I don't know where they store that shit. And I just... If anyone's going to find it, it's going to be Johnny. Like, we, we've had Wes on You Killed It. And he told us that he and Johnny stole like a casting sheet for <laughs> yeah, Kids yeah, versus yeah, Stars. Yeah, yeah. So they knew who the stars were before yeah, they arrived and they started Googling yeah. them for like background yeah. details. So like Johnny has been on enough TV shows to like look around for like clues like that. So I wonder. I wonder if he or someone else had seen the plexiglass for. I, I just think it's more total. Yeah, I just think it's more likely that they know that it hadn't happened yet this season, and so it's got to be. There's one more elimination. It's got to be Hall Brawl before the actual final. That's just an epic way for MTV to play this out before heading to the the final. Either way, though, stunned by Bananas' move. Um, and after they deliberate, Casey, I'm stunned by, I'm stunned by this whole thing. I'm stunned by Casey trusting Bananas, and I'm stunned mm-hmm. by <laughs> Bananas picking Kyle to go in because, I mean, on top of it, Kyle doesn't even deserve it. He played shitty. You could have spun it and just said, hey, Fessy did the second best, so in fairness, I'm going to bring him in. Like, I don't know. I just found it weird altogether. But either way. I understand why he brought Kyle in. Not only is Kyle his friend, but don't you want Kyle in the final <laughs> yeah. with you? No, for sure. I love yeah, Kyle. Yeah. I think Kyle's the funniest person on the show right now. Without Polly and Cara mm-hmm. Maria, like he's seems like a really like seems like everyone loves mm-hmm. him in the house. Like he's fun to be around. And also, 
I wouldn't be worried about beating him. In a that's fight. fair. All due respect to Kyle. I think he'd tell us himself. No, no, no. That's fair. The other interesting part. So they get back to the house and they make a deal with Fessy, which also made me surprised because Kyle and Bananas tell Fessy, hey, we won't throw you in. Right. They make a deal with them right there to which, as you mentioned, I wasn't surprised if Bana- if that meant nothing and Bananas was going to turn on, on him anyways. And Kyle even said the same. But the key here was that Fessy, they wanted to make sure that they didn't, that Fessy wasn't going to pick Jenny to go in. And this is where I think this episode gets super interesting because there's clearly, this is there's clearly something we miss, right? Because we don't see the whole other side of the house with the girls because obviously there's a discussion that happened for why the girls decided that they were going to cancel everyone's vote and put it on the guys, right? But also, yep. by Fessy agreeing that he's not going to vote for Jenny, that also sends Jenny to try to get on Nelson and Corey's good side. And it was almost like Jenny played herself in this situation. She definitely overplayed her hand. Because I don't know if Nelson and Corey were going to put in Jenny like just because. I feel like, and, and Corey even kind of alluded to it, the fact that she was trying to play it, ex- like overplay it, makes him want and want to throw her in because he knows it comes off as disingenuous. Now you're just trying to get us to not say your name, and so go on. It was a move that was so transparent that Nelson could see right? through it. I mean, and like, not only did Nelson see through it, but I give him credit for the way that he handled it because he. Oh, he handled it perfectly. He, I was again. I was impressed with Nelson. He listened to her. He took in what she was saying. And then he calmly went, sat down with Rogan and Corey and explained to them, hey, Jenny's basically throwing your name under the bus, Rogan. Like she's trying to say that she's not going to vote for me and me and Corey. And the way that he handled it to have the three of them just sit there and realize, you know, Corey says, oh, I kind of get what's going on now. She's just trying to curry favor with us. Right. So that we won't say her name. I get it. So she's trying to throw Rogan under the bus and think that Corey and Nelson are just going to be like, oh, okay, so we won't vote for her now because and I give them a lot of credit for how they played this. Yeah, well, and also one of them made the point that her being like her acting like it was a big deal to not say their names when it was clear that Rogan was going to go in anyway. So phony. Like, so yeah. phony. And I liked... I'm torn on Rogan. I liked what Rogan said in Confession, Confessional, where he said, you know, bless her socks. Bless her cotton socks. That was what he... Bless her cotton socks. She's trying to do politics for the first time. It's not going not well. Not at all. And, you know, as much as we rag on Rogan... Rogan came into that uh, nomination ceremony, and my guy was just focused. I like the angle he took that was, okay, well, I'm getting voted in anyways, but I'm going to give a good look here on TV and make it seem like I'm volunteering myself to go in. And in hindsight, it was smart of him because it took away Jenny's 
quote air quotes i'm doing air quotes uh ammunition that she was going to protect Corey and Nelson because suddenly she's not protecting exactly. shit because Rogan just exactly volunteered. everything. It was so well played by Rogan and even the speech he gave where he said, hey, last year I came on this show and I avoided the elimination so much. And I'll be honest, I kind of, it kind of made me feel like a pussy. And this time around, you know, I don't want to feel that way. I'm just going to go in. I want to go in. And I saw it and I was like, oh. That's a great move by Rogan. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, but he's going in anyways. But it, yeah, I was confused at first. Where I'm like, wait, why is he volunteering? Great chess move, though, as you just mentioned, because Jenny playing politics for the first time did not go well for her at all. Because when it goes to the women, what happens? What happens, John? So, so Jenny votes for mm -hmm. D. And D immediately votes for her. And I will say at this point, I'm like, yeah. of course. Those two don't like yeah. each other. And then Melissa votes for Bailey. Yep. because, And she says, I'm f closest with D and Jenny mm -hmm. in the house. Like, I had established relationships with them. I was like, okay. Like, I get that. And then Bailey voted for Melissa. And I was like, wait, what are yeah. you doing? Like, the move here is to vote for D if you're mm -hmm. Bailey. But as you said, we clearly missed the conversation where all the women agreed to cancel each other out and put it on the guy. Exactly. Because as we find out later, right? So as we find out later, which I'll, I'll touch on this, Bananas and uh, Kyle acknowledge that their whole plan before was telling melissa you need to vote for d they had a meeting which also they didn't show us that they were telling her you need to vote for d which tells me that there's the whole storyline that we didn't see would have been them telling hey melissa you got to vote for d melissa then going to d and being like hey this is what these guys are telling me i need to do but i don't really want to do it d doing what D does and being super annoying and conniving and figuring out a way to wiggle out of it. And I think that's where this whole, okay, well, if we all just cancel each other's votes out, and then I think that's where this whole plan came from. I think D probably, you know, spearheaded this whole thing where, okay, well, if you do this and you do this and you do this, then this is going to happen, right? I think that's how it went down because clearly melissa because i was wondering i was like wait why are bananas and kyle so mad at melissa when her vote because the way that it all plays out nelson Corey, and rogan and d are the four votes for jenny right yeah but then bananas and kyle were mad at melissa because they were like, wait a second, why did you, like, you just sent Jenny in. She's in your alliance. Why would you do that? And I was like, I don't understand that. Like, even if Melissa didn't do that, that's still not enough votes against D to go in. So why would they be mad at yeah. her? But then it clicked. I was like, oh, this whole thing turned into a plan. And that's why Bailey's vote flipped. Because you could tell the girls all came to some conclusion to which they were going to put it on the guys. And then yeah. D, knowing that she had Rogan, I bet you she also played a factor in Rogan and being like, yo, Rogan, you need to vote Jenny, Jenny in. Yeah. 
And you make a good point. Even if both Melissa and Bailey had voted for D, it's still four to three. No, no, no. Then it would have been four four because D had two votes against her, right? Oh. Because D would have yeah, had yeah, Jenny right. and Fessy. Fessy also voted for mm-hmm. D. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like they were getting mad at Melissa, and I'm thinking Melissa alone would only make it four three. So that's not enough. But clearly, you yeah. could like what I gathered after Bananas mentioned that their initial plan was to throw D in, right? That's where it all clicked. Like, oh, so the girls must have the girls must have made a deal with each other, where they all said we're gonna cancel each other out, and then we're gonna leave it up to whoever. But D knows she played out the numbers, or they probably thought, well, Corey and. Like, I bet you D even went to Corey and and uh, Nelson, right? And Probably. said, like, yo, this girl turned against you. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Like, I bet you there are so much more D on the other side. And maybe that's just my hatred for D <laughs> that I'm just making up her being extra conniving and giving her too much credit for her gameplay. I don't know. But would you agree at least that clearly there's something we missed here? Oh, we definitely have missed D's uh, political game. I agree with everything you're saying. It's clear that there was a conversation. Maybe it didn't originate with D, but there was clearly a conversation amongst the women to have their votes cancel each other yeah. out. And the one who that benefits the most is D. And maybe Jenny was not a part of that conversation. Because, like, maybe D's plan banked on Jenny voting for well, We her. always knew that, remember, D, D from a long time ago wanted Jenny out, right? So we knew that already. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, totally right. It's totally interesting. But Jenny kind of got exposed a little. How bad was she in trying to defend herself? Uh, well, the worst moment for Jenny, in my mind, was that... Rogan, before he votes, says, Jenny, were you going to vote for me? Because Nelson tells me that you were. And he under, like, she cracks under almost no pressure and names names and says that, like, Kyle and Johnny were behind it, that, in her words, everyone was in on it. Not true. (laughs) Right? Like, by definition, Corey and Nelson were not in on it. Um, she should have just said, like, taken the fall herself, right? And not that I think it's at that stage in the game, it's too late for any big moves for Rogan to make. But Jenny, just like, like going forward for her own reputation, should have just been like, sorry, Rogan, like you and D are a package deal and I want you both gone. Yeah. Whatever. She just should have said that it was on her own initiative. For sure. And she was stuttering, uh, and Corey was laughing. Oh, it was it was tough. And like, I feel like I've said this before. I really like mm-hmm. Jenny. Jenny is a legitimately good person, a good competitor, and good people with morals yeah. and ethics don't always do well on this show. Yeah, because, <laughs> and I think this is a classic case where like. Jenny's bad at politics because she doesn't politic in real life because she's a straight shooter. I almost think she's too nice. So she's too liked by yeah. everybody, which you kind of you can't be on every side of the house. Right. And so mm-hmm. 
instead of trying to play up to Corey and Nelson, like you've already made, you've already drawn the line in the sand. You're not riding with them. So to pretend now comes off as phony, even though that's not her intention, which is something Banana said to Melissa that I think is super important, right? Like it might not be your intention, but what you did is blank. And I think for Jenny, it's exactly what you're saying. Her intention is not that she dislikes Corey or that she's, you know, hates Corey and Nelson. It's just what it ended up being because she was playing the game of the other side of the house. Yeah. And I think this is like something that, I mean, we'll get to this, but when, or you just alluded to it, when uh, Melissa and Jenny get back into like the bunkhouse portion of the bunker, uh, the... Like, Jenny immediately is like, I'm in, and she and Rogan sort of exchange barbs. And then Kyle, Johnny, and Melissa are, like, a left left alone mm-hmm. in the room shortly thereafter. And Kyle is basically like, hey, Melissa, like, y- you fucked up there. And, like, comes down pretty hard on her and ends up sort of starting It was terrible. Like... It's hard to see because, like, those two are, like, legit friends. Like, I hope Kyle apologized to her for being so It was harsh. also just a jerk move because, like, yeah, okay, so she screwed up. Cool. But for yeah. you to be like, oh, I might throw you in. Like, if Johnny wants to throw you in, I'll throw you in. I don't care. Like, that was kind of like, nah, bro. She stuck up for you more than Johnny ever did this entire season. Yeah. Whether it was with Josh, whether it was with Nelson, regardless of who it was. Of anyone who has to be mad at this point, it's definitely not Kyle. Just shut up and no. listen to whatever Johnny or Melissa end up telling you. But that was just the wrong energy to give out to Melissa and make her cry after she's been riding for you the whole season. And not a good look for Kyle. And at also, all. Jenny's mistake here was Rogan tried to help her early on in the season by giving her the heads up that D was against her. So. When she was going on the whole thing about, oh, well, I owe Corey and maybe I owe Nelson, Rogan was so right. Wait, don't you owe me? Yeah. So everyone messed up their politics. There's also, yeah, Melissa and Jenny messed up. And I don't think it was fair for Kyle to come down so hard on just Melissa about it. But the conversation between Johnny and Melissa that ensued is what I wanted to talk about, where Johnny was... Like, she was sort of apologizing and sort of babbling because she was Mm -hmm. upset. And Johnny was like, listen, you had the right intentions. And, like, you didn't see this playing out. But, like, you did not make the optimal decision. And this does speak to, I think, a softer, kinder Johnny. Yeah. And I also... I think an important dynamic that we're seeing in sort of this era of the challenge, and we've talked about with CT, we've talked about with Anissa, is there's still a couple of old heads kicking Mm -hmm. around that are in their mid to late 30s, right? Like Johnny is, I think, our age, like he's like 36, 37, something like that. But most of the people in the house are under Mm -hmm. 30. And the maturity level the life experience between a 25 or 26 year old, which I think Melissa is and Johnny, who's like been on this show a million times. It's hard. I'm sure you've been in the circumstance in real life. I know I have, it's hard not to like just console the person and like, you don't want to be like condescending, 
But you also be like, hey, this is like a learning experience. You're young. I've made the same mistakes. It sucks, but you're going to learn <laughs> from this. Like, I've certainly had conversations like that with coworkers, with friends, with colleagues. So, like, I see why Johnny's a little softer, a little kinder, because whether you like it or not, you're now the voice of experience. Yeah. No, totally get it. Totally agree. Um, yeah, it was just super interesting to see for sure. And I think that, you know, on the, the girl side, it was a good lesson for them. And, you know, maybe we're kind of being unfair to the girls because we don't know what really happened. We don't know what, yeah, was, said. what was said. Yeah, we don't, we don't have the whole yeah. story. So uh, Bailey, D, Corey, and Nelson are the nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already sort of alluded to this. I mean, the big choice, I guess, was putting in D, and we already spoke about how they twisted Casey's rubber arm to put her in. <laughs> and I think the big moment comes shortly afterwards where it seems like Nelson called Kyle and Johnny yeah. to have a conversation mm-hmm. with him. The three of them are like Johnny and Kyle are already sitting down and Nelson jokingly starts to make a speech yeah. about not wanting to go in. And then he sits down and he gets really real. Yeah. And, like, let's say it. Like, I can't say that this is the line of the episode because I can't recall the whole thing that he said. (laughs) But basically, he says, listen, Corey has Ryder at home. He has, in his words, another angel on the way. He needs this money more than I do. Please vote me in. And, like, I don't know about you, but, like, the, like, air ducts in my condo turned on and got real (laughs) dusty. Did you have that I'm going to say this. I'm That's not so- going to say that my eyes watered, but I'm not not going to say that either. I'll <laughs> say that much. I mean, again, I kind of knew something was coming because of all the messages that were just about, oh, it's yeah. going to be easy to say something nice about Nelson. So I was like, okay, maybe, you know, it was kind of a possibility. But even just seeing the way that it went down and the sincerity in how he did it, it was just kind of like... You know, that was a real moment. And we talk about this, you know, I I guess a couple episodes when we were talking about the D thing, I said how reality TV isn't real. Mm -hmm. This was a real moment. You know, this was a dude saying, hey, I get it. This is my boy, but he needs this more than I do. And, you know, whether or not Corey and Nelson, the other part too, because I'll read this. I'll read something near the end of the show because uh, I think it was People Magazine interviewed Nelson about last night's episode. and Or maybe I'll read it right now because it is pertinent to... Read it Yeah, because it is pertinent to uh, exactly where we're at. So, let's see here. It says, walk me through... So the question was, walk me through your thought process as you decided to throw yourself into purgatory and keep Corey safe. Nelson said, Corey and I have been through a lot. We've seen our downs, we've seen our ups, I've seen the man change throughout the years and become a better man every day. Knowing who was in the tribunal, I knew it was going to come down to him and I. So that night, I laid in my bed thinking, quote, I want to give Corey the best shot to win this money for his family. I wanted him to give Ryder and his little unborn child the best opportunity to have the best life. 
sidebar this is the part that kind of really got me he said because i know he said uh the best opportunity to have his unborn child give the best life right then he says because i know him and i growing up we didn't have a father figure in our lives we didn't have the opportunity to have the best school or the best clothes or just live that life, that life that you see on TV. So I knew what he was doing it for. I knew what I was doing it for. And I came to the conclusion and said, quote, I've got to take this bullet for him. I will. I will. Close quote. So I'll say this. In the moment watching it, and I'm not... I'm I'm struggling to to say this because I'm not trying to conflate the two issues at all. But I'm saying with everything that's going on in the world right now, I'm going to be super honest as a black man, it was super important and probably has me in my feelings a lot more than normal, but it was super important to like see that and then to read that because I was gauging it from Nelson and Corey's conversation already and watching Nelson do it. So I was gauging that okay, I see what this guy's doing, and that's incredible to see. Then to hear him say that, to further back it up and emphasize, listen, I see what this man's trying to do, and it's bigger than this game, it's bigger than our friendship, it's bigger than me winning a million dollars and going to pop bottles, right? Like, to mm-hmm. see that and hear him emphasize that, it kind of, it took me back, and I was like, whoa, like, Man, I, I, I take back everything I ever said bad about the dude because that's that's a big time move. And I know there's going to be someone who's a cynic or people who are cynics who are like, oh, well, maybe they made a deal where if Corey wins, he's going to give Nelson some money and whatever. And I don't even care if that's the case, because at the end of the day, you're here trying to win a million dollars, but you're also on a TV show. So once you remove that angle of the fame or popularity or whatever comes out of winning the challenge and you say, I'm going to put that on the line for my boy because I know what he's going to do this for. Later on in the interview, uh, Nelson talks a little bit more about like karma and just like doing the right thing. And I thought that was super interesting Mm -hmm. because you realize, you know, as much as we laugh and joke this is a real situation, right? A million dollars, however you cut it, that's real. That could have a real impact on someone's life. And so to see your boy and know that your boy is going through this situation and put yourself up there for him, that's big. That's massive. So wanted to read that. I, I'm like, I still have problems with how Nelson goes about it. For business, sure. Specifically with how he, specifically with how he mm-hmm. treats women. Like, it was not so long ago. For sure. In, like, real life, he was being super shitty to Mm -hmm. Kayla and to Anissa and to others. But this could also be a step in him maturing. And in my mind, maturity is about um, priorities, and it's about understanding that there is a world larger than yourself. Like, if you think of, like, a baby or a toddler or a child, all they know is what's directly in front of them. And growing up is expanding your worldview. Nelson definitely has his faults. That's why we rag on him so much. And his number one in my mind is that he's really bad at considering the viewpoint of women. That said, I don't want to take away from what Mm -hmm. he did here. Because to me, this is a step of him understanding 
that there is more to life than what's going on directly in front of him, right? There's more to life than, as you said, just him popping bottles. There's more to life than, like, he prioritized someone else's family. And, like, I'm sure they would both say, like, they referred to him as Ryder's yeah. uncle and, like, you know, chosen family. But he prioritized two children, two women, and a man above yeah. himself. And I think that is a massive step in the right direction for Nelson. And a lot of people tweeted at us and in sort of the challenge community in general, wondering if this was the most selfless moment in challenge history. And like, I got to think it was like, I can't think of anything even close to. I mean, Kyle asked bananas if he's ever seen anything like this before and bananas and they cut bananas answer right so i mean maybe something did happen that we're not thinking of i'm sure something might have happened at a certain point where someone else sacrifices themselves for another person I'm, I'm sure it probably has happened i'm sure it has right but i think the thing about this one is because we've seen nelson in this exactly what you just said we've seen nelson act like a piece of shit very recently and i think to have yeah. that turn like just going through twitter mentions and reading comments and stuff and one of my friends as we went to take this sent me a message just saying i never thought nelson would make me cry watching the challenge lol there are a lot of comments if you just search the challenge feed you see people writing in saying like i never thought i would be cheering for nelson but here i am i never thought i'd be crying watching the challenge but here i am it was just a real moment and i think i i sort of touched on it how i personally feel which i don't like talking about how i personally feel but you know there is a lot going on in the world right now right and I've been off social media for the most part, and I even tweeted this. Hey, I came back on, and I was, I'd always check in and read things, and obviously my job, I have to. But in terms of being an active yeah. participant, the past month, I've been kind of radio silence on social media. And part of the reason was because it's become this culture of black or white in terms of this is all good. Like you can either be all good or all bad there's no in between and i think this is an mm -hmm. opportunity and it's a challenge so again i'm not trying to overvalue the meaning or the importance of the challenge but this is a reminder that in real life like actual real life you are allowed to agree with someone on something and then disagree with them on something you are allowed to say hey i really like what this person did right here that was a really nice thing to do and i commend you for it and you're also allowed to call that person a piece of shit when they do something that is shitty like you're allowed to yeah. do that and it boggles my mind how we've come to this point in 2020 where we've seemed to have forgotten that and so it turns into this whole thing where you know someone says something stupid and then it's like oh this person's bad screw you you're canceled that's it and they do something good and then you know or someone calls someone else out and then it's okay well now we got to go to that person's social media page to find them also saying something dumb and it's like what are we doing right like that's not life you and i you and i have had this conversation uh not when recording about a lack of nuance yes. in society yeah. and how exactly what you just said that we have to try to understand that like 
sometimes they're strange bedfellows where sometimes you agree with someone that you don't normally agree with. Uh, There was, there was an episode of you killed it earlier this Mm -hmm. season that opens with me joking about the insane clown posse Mm -hmm. making the right move about canceling the gathering of the juggalos. I don't like insane clown posse, but in that instance, they were right. And I also think to your point about, having nuance and understanding like a whole person and that you know to err is human and they will do right things and Mm -hmm. wrong things and in this instance nelson certainly did the right thing despite all the things we dislike about him and and he's put together a string the past few episodes of doing right by people and like so like and my point is that if we can accept people's flaws with compassion and nuance that helps them grow it's not just about positive reinforcement and all the praise nelson is rightly getting online Mm -hmm. for this which i'm sure he's seeing and absorbing but also to accept someone's faults and to say like hey didn't love that moment Mm -hmm. there buddy but like you know i did love what you did here right like that's that's how we move forward as people and as a society and we're seeing that in nelson and I mean, we've praised over the seasons. We've praised Anissa. We've mm-hmm. praised Wes. We've praised Johnny. We've praised Corey, CT. All these people that have done, to various degrees, fucked yeah. up shit. And we've praised them because they've grown and matured. And I'm really hoping this is Nelson moving forward. Yeah. And it sure seems like. And I mean, hey, I came on at the very start of this episode and I said, hey, I take back everything I've ever said bad about Nelson. (laughs) And I hope people, I mean, you're not seeing the huge smile on my face as I'm saying that. But I've really, you know, it was important for me to say to say this now because to understand the nuance in the conversation. And I obviously literally don't mean I take back every single thing I've said (laughs) wrong about Nelson. Like. Again, there's a segment on the show called Say Something Nice About Nelson because that's how much we were calling out Nelson and crushing him for for doing the stupid things, right? So, you know, just understand the difference and have the ability to have the conversation. And the reason I felt okay enough coming on at the start of this podcast and saying, I take back everything bad I've ever said about Nelson yeah, is because yeah, yeah. I know we're in a platform where we're having the conversation. And I know we're gonna have the actual full-length conversation afterwards, right? I'm not just out here tweeting in 140 characters or whatever it is on Twitter now. Nelson is the greatest person ever. Like, that's not it. Nobody's (laughs) like, we're all complicated human beings. We all make mistakes. We all do fucked up things. We all do good things. But, so when Nelson does something really shitty, we call him out and we rip him on the show. And when he does something really, really good, hey, we call that as well and we applaud him for that because this was this was a moment and i don't know what it is and it made me feel better seeing all the comments on social media because i was like i'm watching it and i'm like is it just me or did that just hit me in a certain (laughs) way (laughs) what's what's going on right now is it just me and then i started seeing other messages i was like "Ah, okay good 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 job mtv good job good job i want to read some of those messages that we got because they were really nice let's start with Julia LaManna. Mm-hmm. I hope I said your last name right, Julia. She, this is the first time she messaged me and she says, all caps, say clap emoji something, clap emoji, <laughs> nice clap emoji about clap emoji Nelson. 
I like it. Um, who else did we have? I had uh, running some errands. Says, wow, Nelson really coming through. He's really not that shitty guy we thought. Giving away that opportunity to Corey is so humble. Yeah. Uh, Tanera Rust messaged and just said, holy shit, Nelly, friendship. <laughs> Hold on, I got oh, more there's mentions. there's a lot. It's lit. It's fuego, as you said. Uh, Ray, Ramsfan2689 says, the name of this week's episode of You Killed It should just be Whoa, Nelly. Uh, I vote for, <laughs> Lucas I vote Wyatt. for, it should be Say Something Nice About Nelson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that's what we'll do. Uh, Lucas Wyatt says, I was actually rooting for Nelson in this episode. Is this real life? Lawrence Thomas says, LT, we love you, LT. If I had to describe this episode of the challenge in one gif, and who knew when Nelly time started that it would have ended up here, Mrs. LT actually hit me while saying, that's the nice thing. <laughs> and he sent the uh, animated GIF of, are you a GIF guy or a GIF guy? I don't know. I'm a GIF, GIF guy. GIF, sure. Uh, of uh, Joey Tribbiani hugging Chandler Bing from behind, yes. from Friends. Carrie B says, uh, sorry, I got to read someone else. Um... Shannon McDonald says, holy cow, John and Sheldon, Nelson keeps making it so easy in the second half of the season. And she got three likes and a reply from Carrie B, who said, so easy. The first thing I said is, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Then it kept getting deeper and deeper. Ugh. So it was great seeing all those reactions. Uh, I got one message that just like, said, I, this is from Reality Intern. It just says, I actually, sh <laughs> I'm laughing. I can't even get it out. It's a, you know, there's an emoji of a young little black kid and it's like a single tear and he slowly like turns. <laughs> I know you've seen that GIF before, but it's that. And yeah. he just said, I actually said, I actually shed a thug tear. I laughed. I laughed. I chuckled. You know have you ever, you must have seen those Thug Life videos where, like, it's, like, kids, like, talking shit or yeah. whatever, and then, like, Dre comes yes. on? We need one of those, but for Nelson asking to be put in. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a moment right there. And, you know, Nelson, knowing that he's going in against Rogan, I mean, there's no real easy layups at any point, but, you no. know, the one thing I will say when you notice that it's the headbanger, you walk in, those slow-mo shots, you see Nelson's face, and he's just ready. Like, he was focused. Yeah. He was amped. He was ready to go. And there's a lot of things that come up in this, because Rogan, obviously, we know, plays rugby, which he learned, and Jay probably learned the most, <laughs> the, the hard, hard way, way, right? If we remember. <laughs> had it driven, had that lesson driven into yes. him. Yes. Um, so we know now, we know that Rogan was going to be ready. And for people who might be new to the podcast, one of the things that we talk about all the time when it comes down to this headbanger of a challenge or of an elimination is... Yes, there's people who want the smoke and people who don't because you're either you can be big and muscle bound, but that doesn't mean that you want contact. And that's all this challenge is about. Can you endure the contact? And there's two sides to this. We know because we've seen Nelson 
perform in this in a challenge like this before, but we've also seen him in contact challenges, so we know he's ready and he wants to smoke. We just talked about the rugby career of Rogan. Jenny, mm-hmm. we saw last season get eliminated by Tory in this actual challenge, no? We did. I think I think our girl Jenny learned some lessons 1, from that. One thousand percent. And that's what I was gonna say. For our regular you killed it listeners, if you go back to last season when we talked about how obviously Jenny is this big muscle bound and you would think, oh, she's gonna take Tori, but that's not what it's about. This is about technique. This is about if you listen to even Fessy, the football player, and Casey, the other football player, the things that they were yelling. Which, you know, shouts to the editors because they boosted it for you to hear. They were yelling things like, get low, keep driving your legs, lowest person wins. That's your football coach screaming that to you, right? That's what this is all about. And so you could be strong. And even D, I don't think D's afraid of Jenny. I don't think D is, quote unquote, afraid of contact. But did she know what she was doing in that pile, in that hall? Because as Fessy said, don't slow down for the contact and that is people's natural reaction when you do that because you're slowing down to embrace it's like no you have to drive through the contact i didn't realize i just did that and you probably heard it on the mic (laughs) i just punched my fist i'm so fired up you're just getting shouts to mr dominico's got me fired up but uh (laughs) um do you know what i mean though like you're hearing all those things and that's what this challenge came down to and that made this episode so much better as well to me because it was a great elimination. So the storylines the storylines were crazy. Nelson volunteering to go in was crazy. But then having this being the elimination just added so much more drama to it and made it so good. There's a lot I want to follow sure. up on there. First of all, for those of you who have not played contact sports, I want to get into a little bit about the physics of what Sheldon's describing. And there's not many things that I feel you and I are like truly experts okay. on, but you played football. I, I played lacrosse, mm-hmm. both contact sports. We're both sports mm-hmm. journalists. We can talk about hitting people <laughs> with some authority. We can talk about body checking and the physics yep. of it. And the idea is, when Sheldon says the lowest man wins, the idea is whoever gets their center of gravity lower when they are hitting someone in a body check or a tackle, they actually have an advantage physically to drive through and knock the other person down. Because if your uh, center of gravity is higher, it's easier to knock you down. I'm 6'3", it's pretty easy to knock (laughs) me down if I'm standing erect. So like, when I body check people, like part of what you're doing when you're running at them is you're basically getting your shoulder lower than their shoulder. Like that's the key. So I always had to dip and then explode through when body yeah. checking someone. Yeah. Tackling, you hear Fessy shouting this at Nelson. Same idea. You want to get lower and then he said drive through. I would say explode through, but it's the same idea. Just because you're touching the person doesn't mean you stop because once you have like, you want to think of yourself as a wedge, once like the wedge makes contact, the wedge has to keep going for it to be effective. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to address that. And early on, like the first one we see is Jenny versus Woo! D. Jenny got low on D and D like they, they all described it like D got mm-hmm. rocked. 
And although Jenny is a taller person than D, because she got lower, D learned a valuable lesson about how important it is to have your center of gravity lower. And also, too, because she got some. And the other part of being low, because you're wearing shoulder pads. If you're standing mm-hmm. up, now someone else is coming to hit you, and they're hitting you with their shoulder pads in your exposed, like, rib cage or midsection. That's not how you want to take a hit. So that's why it's important for both people to get low, because you're thinking two shoulder pads knocking into each other, and then it's just about who's stronger. But what you just described, the physics of it all, exhibit A was Jenny running over D. That is exactly yeah. what happened. Jenny did that shit for Wakanda. I was so hyped <laughs> when Jenny ran over D. I was like, yeah. She didn't know it at the time, but she's repping for us right there. She ran over her. D gets knocked back down. And I honestly think, too, that they edited this. They over-edited it to make it look yeah. less as impactful as it actually was. Because she fucked her up. She hit her, drove her back, she falls down, she steps over her, much like Allen Iverson over Tehran Lu, which someone on the internet (laughs) needs to make that gif right now, but steps over (laughs) her, and then... While D is hanging on for dear life, holding on to her shoe, right? Let's the shoe go. Jenny picks up her shoe and then uses her own shoe to hit the bell. Honestly, if it wasn't for them downplaying D, I feel like this would have been boosted up into one of the biggest challenge just takedowns ever like this would be up there with the ct bag packing johnny bananas because you have to think a big part of that too was everyone else's reaction to it and we got people's reactions to it but not that much because we're not trying to highlight d in that way right d still being cut out of the episode but i guarantee you that you had a bunch of people reacting just going crazy to what happened to D at the hands of Jenny, not once, but twice. That first hit, though, was insane. She got jacked up. I think she did, and boy, did it look good on her. The other thing I wanted to talk about with the physics of it, which makes Hall Brawl so much more dangerous, is that if you're not the low person and you get body checked, the move is to purposely leave your feet and hope that when you get knocked, you fly backwards and you can land on your feet again. It's not easy to do. not at all. It can be done. You cannot do that because of the plexiglass because you're gonna bounce off the plexiglass. So when Dee leaves her feet, she is not, like she has no control over her body. She does not have the opportunity to get her feet back under her. Yeah. Right? So like she just got fucked up and looked good on her and Jenny, Hitting the bell with her shoe is such a G move. Like love the levels it. of disrespect. So good. Oof. Oof. And and you ah, mentioned it though. Not- you mentioned it though. Her going against Tori was so important, right? Because now she knows what that mm-hmm. challenge is about. Because you're either gonna be the person delivering the contact or you're taking the contact. And that's what happens most often. It's very rare that you end up in a situation where it's like Corey, or not Corey, where it's Nelson and Rogan, where they're both going to engage in the contact and they're both willing participants in the contact. It's very rare, 
right? Most of the times when we see Super this rare. challenge happen, you're going to see one person that's engaging and the other person that's just taking. And D took it mm -hmm. all. And you got to thank Tori for that because Tori, I think the way that she ran at Jenny, right, last year was the same way Jenny ran at D because Jenny wasn't ready for the contact last year. And in this one, not only did she hit D, but then she drove her back like she's one of those like hitting dummies that they use on the practice field in football, the sleds. Does you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. That's what I whew, sure do. I was fired up watching that. And if not for this Nelson, right? Like someone tweeted this and it's so true. But if not for this whole Nelson storyline and even how epic that elimination was, how much more would we be celebrating D getting eliminated in that way? Like, it was the most fitting, amazing thing ever that it almost makes me wish that that had happened first so that we would have gotten the full edit of just everyone laughing and dissing D, right? <laughs> like she deserved to yeah. go out on the challenge. But, hey, we'll take what we can get. And as I, as I said from the beginning, Jenny didn't know it at the time, but she did that shit for Wakanda. Appreciate it. <laughs> so then we have Nelson versus Rogan. And as we were just saying, they both want the contact. They both get oh, low. Yeah. I think it was Melissa that says when they hit each other, it sounds like they both broke every bone in their body. Like they just went for it. And unfortunately, Nelson, like I was rooting for Nelson here after that. Like how great would it have been if he'd made that gesture and yeah. he won? Unfortunately, he actually finds himself sort of past Rogan, but still holding on to Rogan to try to keep Rogan <laughs> back. And he's so in the zone that he doesn't hear people shouting at him that he's actually closer yeah. to his bell. And I would say, like, tail of the tape between Rogan and Nelson. I would say Nelson's faster than Rogan. Yeah. And Rogan's slightly stronger than Nelson. Like, that's my impression. And I'm not taking away from either of them. I think Rogan's very fast. I think Nelson's very strong. I just think Nelson's slightly faster. Rogan's slightly stronger. And unfortunately, Nelson doesn't realize that if he just let yeah. go, he would have... First of all, been slightly closer, probably faster than Rogan. And maybe if he'd like jerked Rogan, Joe, Rogan would have, I almost called him Joe Rogan. <laughs> Rogan would have tripped up and Nelson could have taken the first round. Yeah, it was a tough one because you could tell Nelson was fired up. I think maybe he even surprised Rogan with the hit. Yeah. And Nelson, not only did he hit Rogan, but then he pushes him back. And I was kind of surprised because at first I was like, okay, Nelson's holding his own. Because to be honest, I, of course I wanted Nelson to win, but I didn't think he was going to win. But with his first, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy for Rogan, right? But Nelson put up a really good fight in that first round. You mentioned he's pushing him back. And if he just let go and started running, it would have been so good. But I think that... As you mentioned, he got caught up in the moment of knowing, like you hype yourself up for the moment. You hype yourself up for the contact that like you almost forget the game side of it, right? You psych yourself up for the contact portion of it, but you lose sight of, oh, where am I? I need to just run. And then I think, you know, if he does that, that changes the whole dynamic of it, right? Because not only did he, you exude so much energy, 
in trying to hold Rogan back. And now you, you have so much taken out of you, but then you lose that first one. Whereas imagine if you have all that energy taken out of you, but then you win the first one, you're extra juice. That adrenaline's flowing now. Now you're like, okay, I got him. I got him. You're more confident going into that second round. And maybe it rattles Rogan. Maybe he starts to overcompensate. Maybe he makes mm -hmm. a mistake. Like, who's to say what yeah. happens? But you don't yeah. know. Um, and then in the second one, it's close yeah. again. Rogan definitely got For lower sure. than Nelson and, like, lays a big hit on Nelson. But Nelson gets scrappy, holds him back, ends up tripping him. At one point, I thought Rogan was going to carry Nelson the entire so way too. to Rogan's Oh, yeah, bow. I thought so, too. But Nelson sort of gets out of that situation, pushes Rogan back a little bit. They scrap, they're fighting. And Nelson trips up Rogan and starts to sprint for his bell. But then Nelson trips. Yeah, it was a tough one because at the beginning, I thought the as low as Rogan got, I thought he might have hurt Nelson's legs, right? Because he almost... Yeah, it looked bad. It I thought bad. Nelson might have flipped or I thought Rogan might have carried him, as you mentioned. But the heart that Nelson showed to still put up such a good fight and then push Rogan back a bit, but then trip him up. When he started running, you could tell that he just couldn't gain his balance. Because if he did gain his balance, he wins that round. And when you look at it from that perspective, that's the one that hurts because it's like you could have won. Like it very easily... Nelson could have won that elimination against Rogan. And then how epic would that have been, right? Like, that just yeah. would have been one of the great moments in challenge history. Him and Corey celebrating after that win. Like, that just would have been incredible. Seeing Dee and Rogan get eliminated together would have been funny as well. But, I mean, he gave it his all. And my guy had a black eye. Because the other thing I was thinking about, yeah. they don't even wear a full cage. Which I thought was weird because no. they have a camera on the top of their head. And if someone's getting super low, that camera could very easily like hit you in the face. Like, it's dangerous. Which I think happened with, with Nelson. Definitely could have. And I, I agree with you that it looked bad at one point for Nelson's leg. Like It looked like it was wedged against the plexiglass mm -hmm. as Rogan drove through. Like I don't think it was a purposeful yeah. thing. And I was like, Ooh, like that's, not, that's not where you want your leg. I have to say, not in terms of the athleticism, although the athleticism was very impressive yeah. for both hall brawls, but given the context plus that athleticism, I think an argument could be made that's one of the best eliminations ever. Just both, like the men and women combined, like just men and women yeah. combined, four heavy hitters, like D as much as we dislike. She's a good comparator competitor. She, She's a good competitor. She's physical. Um, both, like, very impressive, like, mm -hmm. showings. But the context. Yeah. Like, that's... You... How fired up you were about D being eliminated. Yeah. Like, I've never seen you so passionate <laughs> about an elimination. And, like, I'm with you. Like, I'm right yeah. there with you. But the, given the yeah. context of how virtually everyone watching this show hates mm -hmm. D... Even before the racism, we weren't sold on D, but the racism obviously took it to another yeah. level. Then Nelson's sacrifice for Corey, the heart he showed, the like 
the fact that neither Rogan nor Nelson showed fear, like just given the whole context, yeah. one of the best eliminations ever. That's a great right? point. Like, it's it's got to be up. It's there. a great point because you know the hype going into it, you kind of knew it was gonna be a good elimination, but mm -hmm. rarely does it live up to the hype. And I think the way that Jenny won was incredible, but then the the battle that Nelson put up was incredible. But then the context can't be lost, right? Like seeing Corey when Nelson goes down, because the other part that came out was Nelson didn't tell Corey ahead of time because he no, said which i mean we sort of glossed over that that's that's the part that really made me yeah react. because he said that he didn't want Corey to overthink it or to think about it or to even try to just tell bananas and thing like don't listen to nelson do whatever you guys are gonna do like he didn't want any of that to happen so he didn't want to tell Corey. he didn't even and he said he left a note for Corey as well Right. In case he lost, just saying, hey, don't even worry about it. Don't sweat it like you got this. I did this for you. I did this for Ryder. I did this for you. Don't worry. Like he left a note for him and everything. Right. So you add in the context of all that. You add in just the great editing and the shots that, you know, when you see Corey take that all in, like there's a moment where they're showing everyone celebrating that they find out that they're all going to the final now. And Corey is not celebrating at all. He's just hunched over no. because the moment of what his friend just did for him and sacrificed for him is still there. He's still feeling that. And, you know, he didn't tell him. He didn't know until the moment. But when he hugs him and embraces him, you could feel the love in that. You know, you feel that the positive energy. You feel that. And I'm about mm -hmm. vibes. I'm about positive energy. So I'm saying, watching that, I felt that. I seen that. And I think you're right. When you add in the context of everything, yeah, I mean, I can't remember. I might have been fired up before about other eliminations or other episodes of the challenge. But when you add in everything, the D stuff, which is a massive, massive thing, and also salute to the editors who now finally have to stop <laughs> over editing an episode to, to not have D involved in it. Shout out to them. I'm sure they were super happy as well. But you add in everything. D being a shithead and getting run over, deservedly so. Even if you remove the racism stuff and just a D and Jenny battle that has been going on the whole season in terms of D trying to turn on Jenny and then Jenny trying to turn on D, like that's a whole other storyline that they didn't get to dive into fully because of taking D out of the episode, right? But that context as well. And then Corey and Nelson, man, it's awesome. And shouts to Bananas and, and Kyle for just listening. Because for whatever yeah. reason, they could have decided to put Corey in, right? You mentioned Bananas isn't really cool with Corey. He could have just tried to screw Corey because him and Corey have gone at it. People might not remember, and I'm bad with whatever seasons. It might have been Dirty 30 when... No, it was before Dirty 30 because Corey basically had a hit list. And Bananas was right up there yeah. on his hit list. All the vets were. And so after that... The next season, Bananas made sure, oh, I was on your hit list before. We're throwing you in right away. And all that bad blood was there from before. So Bananas could have just, you know, wanted to continue that. So everyone involved is just a great episode. Great television. I'm all in my feels. 
Because TV, when you're watching stuff, TV is supposed to make you feel something. And there's a lot of feelings (laughs) in last night's episode. Uh, Me too. And it's, you know, this is this is one of the reasons why I love the challenge is it evokes so many Mm -hmm. feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. Like sometimes it's like you're laughing. It's funny. Sometimes you just get like amped up because of like the competition. Sometimes it's like dislike. Right. For a competitor. But this one was I guess pride is probably the best feeling. And like, I, I was just moved by Nelson's gesture. Yeah. Um, I think that being said, it's pretty clear what both the line of the episode and who the MVP is, right? Like, it, yeah, it, it's a slam dunk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's not Nelson. I mean, I know he lost think- and it's rare that it's rare. There's few situations where we have picked someone who's lost before. We we did it for Jordan earlier this mm-hmm. season because of how he represented the disabled community. It, it does happen. And I just think that, you know, it wasn't about wins and losses here. And because uh, no. no matter what, Nelson goes out as a winner in my books. Because the other part is at the beginning of the season, he was such an asshole. And we called him out yeah. for that rightfully. And there has to be something to be said. And I forget which person it was that you read the comments saying that Nelson's made it super easy for us the second half of the season to say nice things about Nelson. I think there's something to be said when someone is continuously showing you improved behavior. Right. Yeah. You, as, as mentioned before, it's a nuanced conversation. Yes, he's done jackass things before. I'm sure. You know, there's people who will still hate Nelson and rightfully so. I get it and I understand it. But we can't live in this world where it's all black and white. We're allowed to agree with someone and disagree with that same person. So, yeah, yeah. Nelson, you, I, I agree. you killed it, man. You killed it. You killed it, Nelson. There's no doubt. I, I expected more. I sorry. I expected the- more from TJ. Yeah. Maybe, well, they made those speeches. I agree. I also expected more from TJ because, like, he knows what's going on in the house because they sort of show him a highlight reel. Like, they show him the dailies. And then also, like, Bananas, Casey, and especially Kyle all made, like, quite nice speeches before voting him in. So, like... I do there. also like that Corey came down after Nelson lost and like hugged him and they talked and he's just oh, like, yeah. oh man, you were so close. Like you had him, you had him. Like that was really cool too. I love that Nelson said on the way out, I have no regrets and I would do it again and again and again. Like, yeah, I, I just thought that was really cool. And on a show sometimes yeah. where we get lost in reality TV being stupid um, and jokes and whatever, that was a real moment and yeah I, I can't wait to see what happens i really hope Corey wins i hope he doesn't put too much pressure on himself now right yeah. i hope he just you know goes out there and and gives his all i'm rooting for him i hope he wins um but yeah tj said this is going to be the most brutal final ever which he always says but could you imagine if he didn't can you imagine he's like this one's <laughs> like somewhere between <laughs> Like dirty thirty and vendettas in terms of like difficulty scale, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Uh, where can the good people find you on social? Media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And again, huge shouts to the people in the Reddit group on uh, YouTube on iTunes and SoundCloud that have been rocking with the pod. Really appreciate you. And and with this episode because. There's a lot of feelings. I want to hear from everybody. If you've listened to this podcast yeah. and you know you felt as hyped up as we were, if you were emotional maybe, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you guys thought watching this episode. Were you as fired up as we were? What do you think of Nelson? What do you think of Nelson's progression throughout this, this season? What do you think of everything? Because I think this was a really good episode and... The, the degree, sorry, I'm, I'm like rambling here, but the degree of difficulty for the MTV producers and editors to have cut this episode once probably, right, and have it be a really yep. good episode involving one of the people who have been a focal point of the whole season in D, and then have to re-edit that, but still leave us at like an 11 out of 10 emotionally coming out of the episode it's an incredible job that yeah. they did. So salute to them. Uh, I will say, I don't know if uh, you saw this, but the Associated Press okay. um, wrote an article on the challenge yesterday. Wow, okay. Yeah, and they interviewed TJ Lavin, and they uh, interviewed the uh, director of photography. Okay, I didn't see that. I'll check it out. And they, they made it the point in the article, and they interviewed someone from People Magazine. But they made the point in the article that if you look at the like hierarchy of reality TV mm-hmm. in North America, that the challenge does not get enough respect for being the mm-hmm. oldest, right? The only show that's older is The Real World and Road yep. Rules, which fed into this. And that it's influential and in terms of like how other shows go about doing so things. true. TJ Lavin spoke about that, where he's like, you know, sometimes we'll do a competition and then like you know a few weeks later we are like a few seasons later we see it on survivor we see it on big brother oh yeah it's like in his words i see you survivor uh so if you if the listeners haven't checked that out they should i'd recommend it i'm only slightly biased as i have an association with the associated press uh but if they want to get at me on twitter or Instagram, it's at Hill. I would love to hear from everyone. Um, and I'm writing about golf in Canada again, so hope you like golf. <laughs> uh, so you'll see a lot of that. I actually have a tea time this afternoon. Hey. <laughs> but until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it! Except for D, screw you.